Grace Point Revealed Podcast, episode number two. My, 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 what a difference a week makes. And so it begins, Clint. The game is afoot with our little mystery, isn't it? Boy, yes, it is. Wow, a whole lot happened in this week's episode of Grace Point. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I forgot to give you your uh, weekly... Deadly Seagull screen. Yeah, It's so funny. When I picked out that music, it never occurred to me that it sounded like seagulls until you pointed it out, which it seems appropriate for this kind of show. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I did it on purpose. Deadly Seagulls. Probably what I was trying to do. That's right. Yeah, it's perfect for the show. Yeah, it does. Murder Mystery. The Gulls did it. Deadly Seagulls. Yeah, I didn't see them on your poll. Yeah, the flock of seagulls. Yeah. He was was bludgeoned in the head by a seagull. Right. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Well, welcome to Grace Point Revealed. I'm Daryl. I'm... I should do that. That is a seagull for... Uh, yes, Clint. I'm Clint. <laughs> How's your week been, man? It has been so much looking forward to coming here to podcast about Grace Point. I am you. loving this show. I'm as excited about this show as, as any show that I have been uh, since Fringe. Fringe was the last time I was this excited about a show wow. after two episodes. That's great. So hey. let, let, let me clarify here okay. before we get started. Mm-hmm. You saw the pilot of Broadchurch. Right. And that's it. That's Did you watch, all. So you haven't watched any of the second episode of Broadchurch. Not a second. So everything it. here was fresh for you. Yes, it was. Okay, good. Yeah. And again, I love murder mysteries, and I love just the game that they're playing with us. And, and there's so much going on on screen. I, I rewatched the episode today, and I mean, I, I watched the, the episode, you know, listened to the dialogue and all the stuff like you do the first time through. But this time through, I was specifically trying to read body language and look at what was going on in the background. That was my primary focus in watching okay. it. And I and I got a whole different take of things. I mean, I saw things in a different way and, and noticed things that I missed the first time. And that's why I'm loving this show so much, because it's there is value in the rewatch. And the first episode was the same way. It was just that... I had, I mean, I watched it twice too, but I'd also already seen Broadchurch a couple of times. So, at least a Broadchurch yes. pilot. So, uh, I, I didn't get as much out of my third or fourth watching of that pilot as I did the second watch in this one. Does that make sense? Yes. Because yep. you know I hadn't seen it as many times. So that's what I mean is it, why I'm so excited because there's so much value there. There's there's so many possibilities. There's so many suspects and clues, and some clues have to be red herrings. Some of them have to be things that are important. I don't know which ones those are yet, and so I'm loving it. It's just a fun experience for me. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I like the whodunit, and yeah. I like that I don't know who did it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you feel, and you don't have to answer this, do you feel like at this point in our story, you can already eliminate the perpetrator from Broadchurch. No. Okay. Okay. Good. No, I can tell you for sure that I can't. But two key pieces of evidence in the first and second episode have changed. Oh, I love that. I love to hear that. Yeah. So I can tell you that. Okay. And I can tell you what 
you kind of spoiled it a little bit last week, right? The way that the the, the, the way the way the, that Danny died, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? In mm-hmm. Broadchurch is different. This week at the cabin. Mm-hmm. So let me step back. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> Again, pretty darn close to the second episode of Broadchurch. Okay. They pulled a couple of things in from episode three mm. in, into the, into this episode. Okay. Again, very similar shots. Beth sitting on the back of the car, having the breakdown over Cocoa Puffs, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Telling the priest that she's pregnant, all of that. I mean, basically, everything that happened, the great dialogue, the great, great dialogue, which we'll talk about in a a little bit. Some of the great lines were Mm -hmm. were the same. One major difference was the shoe prints that they found at the crime scene. Mm -hmm, The cabin. Size six, Mm -hmm. kids, and the... Were there any other shoe prints found? And and Ellie's response was, no, they're just, you know, my CSI guys have walked all over the place. Their mm-hmm. shoes are all over. So And everyone who's walked their dog. And everyone who's walked their dog. Which, who has a dog? My girl. Your girl. Susan Wright. Is she Suspect my girl? Suspect number one. She was after week one. Is she still my I don't know. We'll one? find my out. prime suspect. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll get to that. A lot of stuff to talk about, but before we get into our episode discussion, that was just a teaser of the teaser. episode discussion. Uh, I think we've got some f- feedback to to, to share. Did we from see the listener. director's name? We didn't. Directed by James Strong. Thank you, Clint. Mm-hmm. And of course, written by Chris Chibnall. I th- I th- we're thinking that Chris is going to be the writer for all of these. He wrote all of Broadchurch. That's and, correct. And was brought over from Broadchurch. So I think the question will be, will he have a co-writer on any of them? Yeah. And I don't know. I do not know. We'll All right. Out. Well, this feedback came in uh, from Edis, and it really didn't fit in with our episode discussion, so I wanted to say it up front. Okay. Um, I wanted to send in a bit of trivia info that people may find interesting. David Tennant, who's the actor that plays Carver. Mm-hmm. Emmett Carver. Emmett Carver in the show, um, has worked in tandem with Chris Chibnall, writing and directing, and James Strong, directing in four different accents. Really? Yes. In Doctor Who, with an English accent, mm-hmm. sort of, yep. sort of. Yep. In Broadchurch, with a Scottish accent. In United, with a Welsh accent. Ah. And finally, in Grace Point, with an American accent. An American accent. I wonder which is harder for him, because American is so different from those other three. I mean, I would imagine Scottish is easiest for him, since that's his native tongue, unless right. he wants to pour it on a little thicker, which... I think he did in Broadchurch, yeah. Church, yeah. Uh, but the Welsh... To me, that's just a, a very nuanced. For my ear, that's very nuanced, and so that to me that would be the hardest of them. But maybe for him, American is since he's grown up with all those dialects around him. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know. You know, he must have had to work with a vocal coach. Yeah, for for most of those. But yeah, you know, it's really interesting. People from the UK uh-huh. can tell, like almost to the, like the street <laughs> that they grew up. Or yeah, that, ba- where they're from. Ba- based on your accent, you yeah. can tell. You know, oh, you're from you know. That's pretty Birmingham. cool. Okay. All right. Episode discussion, Clint. First correction. Yes. I thought you might even pull up the sound clip, Daryl. Normally when I when I say something mm-hmm. errant, mm-hmm. you have a sound clip waiting to play it and make me eat my words. But I'm guessing you fell down since this is only episode two. What's the sound clip I normally play? You normally play whatever I said that was completely wrong. Oh. <laughs> and then you say, so uh, we got some feedback on this. We were both wrong on this, though. It wasn't just you. Yeah. No, I said I, I, 
in my defense, mm-hmm. I did say I may be misremembering this. Well, in my... And, I, and it turns out that I was. Well, but in my complete no no defense, I said, well, here's the way I remember it. I said, in broad church, is Ellie there too? Uh-huh. Yeah, Ellie comes to the beach. She's recognized as being a cop. There was never the scene where, who are you? Right. And then there was a pause and then there was oh we're going to do this right now scene or maybe that's where it happened and then right. there was you know there was it was different but no they were shot for shot line almost, for line identical almost identical yeah yeah because we got the feedback in was it was it itis yeah it was or itis corrected us on this mm-hmm. too and i thought no itis just didn't i didn't do a good job of commun this is what i thought i did not communicate clearly what i was trying to say so i pulled them up side by side and played them both side by side. Yeah, and it's almost like their voices are in syncopation. It's yeah, so close. I'm like, uh, Edith is right. I yeah. am. I am. I totally misremembered. Yeah, I didn't even put out the caveat that I might have misremembered, like you did. Well, I did. So I should learn from that. Shame <laughs> on us. Shame on me. Yeah, but thank you, Edith, for correcting us both. Yes. All right. This week's episode. This week's episode. Let's let's talk about it. Okay. So what do you what did you think? Are we gonna? You want to do the ratings? You want to move the ratings up? Right. Well, I think we should. I think I think that's a good thing too. All right, I gave it nine bags of cocaine. Ooh. I loved this episode. Oh, I thought you were going to say I love cocaine. I've never tried cocaine. I'm I'm happy to say this was an episode that when it ended, I yelled at the computer. I'm watching it on Hulu because Doug and I are recording Person of Interest podcast yes. while Grace Point is right. airing. So I watched it the next day on Hulu, and I literally yelled at my computer screen when it was over. Like no. You can't you, you can't, can't expect me to wait another week when I know. You, you can't a leave me like this. Week? Yeah. Like I said, I haven't done that at the T V in a long time. Yes. Yeah. It's been yeah. Fringe or lost. Yeah. 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 Those kind of shows. Yeah. You're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So nine for me. Nine. Yeah. I gave it a seven. Seven? I gave it a seven size six shoe prints. Why a seven? I mean that's that's a good score for you, but it's a good score for me. You know, um, hmm, what's the best way to say this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to keep comparing it to Broadchurch. Uh-huh. It's hard not to because it's the same show with different actors. Right, right. You know, I went and pulled up the Metacritic score. Now, this is not fair. Okay. Broadchurch got a 91, which if you know anything about Metacritic is fantastic, right? Yeah. Grace Point, I think. Hold on, I got, I got to, I got to research it here, because I lost it. Grace Point, sixty three right now. Wow, is that because people are have seen the first one and they're downgrading it for that? Yes, I'm convinced. There's two types of people. There's the nines mm-hmm. who this is fresh to, and they're just loving it because they're seeing it for the first time with fresh eyes. Right, which is the ninety nine percent of America. Right. And then there's the one percenters who have seen Broadchurch. Yeah. And so, you know, for for my score to go up, a couple things. There's a couple things that have to happen. Okay. One, I got to have something different. Well, you said they changed a couple of things. Something different and better. But, I mean, it's for the second week in a row, it's almost shot for shot. Yeah. Right? You know, and Daryl, before the podcast started, you and I talked about The Walking Dead. Right. And the graphic novels, right? Right. The Walking Dead television show is based on the graphic novels, but it, it takes broad strokes. Right, right. It takes a lot of 
um, poetic license, if you will, to tell a story. And it's even if you've read the graphic novels, it's still interesting because the the things are are closely related, but they're so different that you can enjoy both stories. Gotcha. Right. This is basically taking the same director and the same setting and putting it in America and the same lead actor mm-hmm. and a slightly different cast and showing you exactly the same thing. So, you know, I don't think it's any, honestly, I don't think it's any better or worse than Broadchurch. It just, it kind of feels like at this point, what is the point? You- <sighs> is this a show that really needed it to be remade? And if it did, why not make it better instead of exactly the same? But they said that they, and you'll remember that in the preview things that we talked about, they said it was going to be episode three or maybe four that it was going to take a, a pretty big um, div- yeah, divergence. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say diversion. Divergence is the yes. word. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Uh, from, from Broadchurch. So. And I'm, Which, I'm not saying you're giving it your ultimate score yet. I'm just no, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, but up until this point, mm-hmm. that's my thought. Why are we? Why didn't Fox just buy the show mm-hmm. and not incur any of the production costs and just air it on Fox? Just air it on Fox, right? Okay, okay. And the answer to that is clear to me. Mm-hmm. They saw the story. They loved the story. There were a couple of things that didn't quite translate to American audiences, right? Right, because it's on a network television and, and show. some language that didn't. And some language that didn't, that's important. And they see the potential in the show and they want to make it an American show. Right. Where it could have the possibility of running five or six seasons. I saw an interesting thing on Twitter today. It was, uh, someone was, was tweeting, uh, like their cousin was, got to work on the set of Grace Point. Wow. And meet David Tennant. Oh, cool. So they were like, my dang cousin got to meet David Tennant. And so they showed a picture of their cousin. Uh-huh. And said cousin had a Grace Point sweatshirt on. That's cool. And it said Grace Point, season one. Season one? Season one. That's great. Yeah. Why would they season one? Why would they call it season one? That's like you'll never find a, a piece of, a period piece of memorabilia that says, World War One on it. Right. Right? Right. So why would you tag it that unless you have plans for a season right. two? Or Thornbird's season one. Okay, I know that's a really old reference. Um, I'm trying to think of a miniseries that just was a miniseries. I, this one from when I was a kid. It was the um, uh, it was a samurai movie. Shogun. Shogun. Yes. That one was a big one. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to find any Shogun season ones. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. No Shogun season one memorabilia. That's right. It just says Shogun. That's right. Right. Or Airwolf the miniseries. <laughs> what is this? Episode two, and we've, we've got the Airwolf there you go. reference. That worked in quicker than I thought it would. Well done, Clint. Thank you very much. All right. How about we talk about Grace Point? Let's do that. Okay, so anyways, love the show. Mm-hmm. Great dialogue. Yep. Good interaction with the uh townspeople mm-hmm. you can feel the tension oh you man. can feel the murder starting to get under the skin of the people oh yeah definitely right right so what'd you notice well i i thought it was eerie there at the beginning when 
we're looking at the playground. Of course, we'll see a playground later in the episode, so right. it turned out not to be as eerie. But at the very beginning, there's some great establishing shots again. And, yep. and they, I love the establishing shots that they're doing in Grace Point. Mm-hmm. And one of those was that there was a playground, but there is no one playing at the playground. And, and I wish they had kept that throughout the episode. I wish we hadn't gotten the playground scene later in the episode because it, it made it, it was just poignant. It was just like, of course there's nobody playing at the playground. All of the children are being kept inside by their parents because they're all scared that this is, this could be something bigger at large here. Right. And I just, but so I, I made that note before we got the other scene later uh-huh. in the episode, but still it's worth pointing out that, um, well, and you saw that, that sentiment played out in a very different way later in the episode. You absolutely did. Which was, and I loved that scene. <laughs> yeah. Very direct. Hey, what are yeah. you doing here? Yeah. Found the murderer yet? He just attacked yeah. her. Yeah, ambushed her was yeah, the word no used kidding. in the show, and yeah. that was absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. I want to spend five minutes with my... Because we had seen that she hadn't spent any time with her family. No, she know? hadn't really gotten to sleep or change clothes or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like that That one time you 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 take a little bit of a break at work and your boss walks in and thinks right. you've been messing around for the last five hours. That's right. That's yeah. the way it goes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else? Anything else seem weird? Well, again, they gave us so many clues. We'll talk about a lot of them as we go throughout here. But one at the very beginning, uh, Carver is out there on the cliffs looking at that cabin and sees the camera and all that stuff. He's doing his gumshoe work. And Susan Wright is walking her dog. She makes eye contact with him. She turns around and walks the other way. She wasn't playing subtlety at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> she was much more subtle in their next encounter, but that one there was just like, oh, this isn't good. Oh, she sees the, a cop. the detective and... Okay. Yeah. Well, see you later. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She takes both skis yeah. and heads to Colorado. Well... <laughs> And even in their next encounter, she was still awkward. She was definitely awkward. She's like, oh, here's the keys. Oh, wait, I don't trust you. You yeah. better sign for him. Yeah, that was, she definitely like, was not smooth. Like, where's he going to go? Right. <laughs> He's a cop. It's right. not like you can't find him. I wish in that scene, and they released that scene uh, earlier in the week, and I, I, had, I had watched it. And it was it was the entire scene. He walks up, knocks yeah. on the door all the whole way through. And... Obviously, the the skateboard is shown and the music. Yeah, so they want us to don't miss this. Yeah, exactly. Skateboard right here. Now, do we know for sure that it's Danny's skateboard? No, we don't. Is it pretty safe to assume it's Danny's skateboard? I think it is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm playing. I am so playing the game of wits here with a Sicilian, which is never a good move, right? <laughs> but we talked about it last week. Right. We have cups of iocane powder. We just don't know which cups contain iocane powder, and maybe all of them do. But because they gave us the skateboard so clearly in front of the of us, there was there was no question. And we're in episode two. And we are in episode two. She was my prime suspect last week. I had to move her way down uh, the list. Way down the list, man. So she get she lost points for being too obvious. Yes, exactly okay. right. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So, yeah. as you mentioned, she had she had what appeared to be Danny's skateboard. Right. And judging by the dramatic music, I mean, she looks a little old to be skateboarding. 
No she, offense. She does. Now, I do have an idea of how she, she could have come upon the skateboard or, or, or come into possession of the skateboard, okay. I should say. I don't know if this is the best time for that. Sure, why not? Why um, not? We're already talking about it. Yeah, we are. Um, I Okay, we know that Danny was at the cabin. We'll, we'll, I don't want to talk about that yet, but we also know that Mark was at the cabin. At some point. At some point. We don't know anything else, really. We know that those two people were at the cabin and right. that it was wiped clean. Right. My thought is that whatever... Danny Danny was at the cabin. We also saw him bleeding. That was the, that was the shot. That was the cliff he was looking at in last week's episode. Right. Was that cliff right there? So again, we were trying to kind of suspecting uh Garcia a little bit because we knew that he had been standing over a cliff and Garcia says there's no evidence here. Right. Well, we when I now think that he was standing over that cliff in front of the cabin. That's what we saw last week. Right. And we saw the blood dripping from his hand. Well, we saw blood dripping or blood drops on the porch here. So right. Danny was there. He was wounded at that point. We don't know yet what wounded him. But his skateboard got left behind for whatever reason. Uh, I could speculate on it. And she walks her dog there. So she came across the next morning before anybody else. Hey, there's a skateboard here. That's weird. I'll take it because I don't know why. Yeah. I like skateboards. My Nephew might use it. I am a pack rat. I don't know. Any variety of reasons that could be totally innocuous. True. Caused okay. her to take that skateboard. But she knows now that it's tied into the dead boy or she feels that it does and it could incriminate her or cause false suspicion to come upon her. So she's protecting the skateboard for that reason. I think it's as innocent as that. Okay. What about what about this theory? Okay. She has the keys to the cabin. Right. She is responsible for cleaning the cabin. Mm-hmm. She just so happened to be there cleaning the cabin the morning of the murder. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to her, a murder happened. Mm-hmm. She cleans the cabin, wipes everything down. Oh, there's a skateboard somebody left it in the corner. I'm going to take it back and put it in my trailer. Oh, crap. That was Daddy's skateboard. Yeah. Now I have to hide it. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yep. Okay. I could totally go for okay. that. Absolutely go for that. But I do think that the, the, the them showing us so obviously the skateboard moves her way down my prime suspect list. She's, wow. She, she dropped big Man, time. she's like Alabama was last week in the polls. <laughs> <laughs> she, she went from number one to number six she in did. her polls. She did. And, yep. and she'll probably continue to drop. You know what? My list didn't change at all this week. Really? None. Well, look at you, little smarty pants. No, I mean, <laughs> it just not, there's nothing there that that you know made me say, oh, yeah. You know, if I had to move somebody up, mm-hmm. I probably would have moved Tom up this week. Really? But he's already at number three. Yeah, so. I moved him down too. I'm pretty sure, or down as well. All right, let me ask you this. I don't know a whole lot about criminal investigations, but. Uh, the conversation that we had there pretty close to the beginning with Ellie uh, and, and the rest of the uh, Solano family, she says they can't bury Danny until they know that they have the killer in custody. Is that true? Because I mean, what, like, what if it turns into a cold case? At some point, they have to bury him. You know, at some point they do. This is one of those things that I'm like, okay, maybe in the UK... Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Here, I don't think it's a thing. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, at some point, they're going to have to bury the body, right? They can't just let it sit there and rot, or they're going to have to embalm it or something. Right, even if they put it on ice, which right. I'm sure it is right now. Yeah. You know, they pulled it out so Mark could see it last right. week, but now they got him back on ice. Yeah, he's, they've got to do something with it. So what they what they used in this episode to explain it away was, that's the best piece of forensic evidence we have until we find the killer. Right, and it is. Okay, and you know, there are cases where even in cold cases where they bury somebody and have to exhume the body mm-hmm. and it makes a big mess. You know, in, in my mind, they could have explained it away a little bit cleaner where Mark says, when are we going to be able to cremate him? Right? Mm-hmm. Just one word, change. When are we going to be able to cremate him? And they say, you know, you can't cremate him. Mm-hmm. Right now we need his body for, for evidence. I Yeah, maybe so. Uh, although the the thought of cremating a child would probably still wig some people out. Really? I don't okay. know. Maybe. I don't know. You know, maybe they wanted to spread his ashes on the cliff or something. I don't sure, know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, I, I would have liked to see, you know, it's going to be, we need to finish, we need to make sure we have fully processed his body and, and, and gleaned all of the evidence. Because you would think from photographs and from, you know, samples that they take of fluids and all that stuff, because the body's going to deteriorate anyway, and right. it's not going to give them a whole lot of information. Yeah, I mean, once once the coroner has worked the body, mm-hmm. you know, they've already determined the cause of death. Right. Right. Scrub the body head to toe for, you know, for things of forensic interest, DNA, hair, mm-hmm. whatever. Take a blood sample, drain his bladder, look at the stomach contents, do all the stuff that you normally do mm-hmm. with the case, and then let them bury the, their son. Right. Right. But I think, you know, from a plot point it really helps i think it's a well it's it's a good plot point because it helps build you know if they're able to bury him then Mm -hmm. they're able to move on but as long as the killer's out there and as long as they can't bury him they can't move on the killer still being at large Mm -hmm. keeps them from moving on i i think it's it's it works in a show i I can i think it works for that point yeah definitely what do you think about the drugs and the money that Garcia found. Drugs and money are money. Who do they really belong to? Did you buy the story that we got from the, cause it was multi-threaded here and you know, it started out with Chloe, went to the innkeeper, went back to Chloe. Then Chloe's boyfriend got involved with it. Is it related to the money or are those two separate deals? What's, what's your take on that? So they found, Five hundred dollars, right? In what looked like a drug roll to me, it did look like right? a drug roll, right? But maybe he's just stashing it, right? He's you got five hundred bucks. It needed to be concealed, and you want to make it small. Yeah, in twenties, right? So I don't know. Did did he have a paper route? Maybe, maybe he was saving up the money. Maybe. I mean, the drugs. Okay, I buy. I buy the story. Do you? I do. Okay. I think it'll still come back to bite somebody. They were kind of flipping about it. Ellie was? Yeah. She's like, like, just go down, uh, you know, we, we, we won't make just, this into a thing. It's just some cocaine. Yeah. It's okay it's that you had some cocaine. Yeah, just be honest with us. We'll need a formal statement, but yeah. then we'll bury it. And this is a problem with her. Yes. This this shows why she didn't get the job. Yeah, exactly. Or why they made the right decision in not giving her the job. She's too... She's, it's funny, interesting now that you think about it, and now that I think about it, I just recorded my Stuff I Learned Yesterday episode for tomorrow, Monday, which would be the day that you guys are actually listening to this, and it was about being, sometimes we're so in the middle of a situation that we can't gain proper perspective. Right. 
and we need another set of eyes to come in yeah. and help uh, see things that are just, you know, in the, we're in the throes and we can't see those things. Right. That's where she's at. She has a history with this town and with these people that she can't see the truth of, of what's going on. That's right. Or she's been giving them a pass for so long that perhaps it has built up the ability for these underpinnings of, of crimes to be going on. There could be a whole drug runner circuit going under, under Grace Point right. that her and other cops like her have been turning a blind eye to for whatever reason for all these years. Right. Well, and it's, I don't think it's just in the show. I mean, if you ever watch the news, right, turn on any news in any major city and, you know, they'll interview neighbors of the person who committed some heinous crime. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, he was such a nice guy. I can't mm-hmm. believe that he would do this. Right. Right. It's because, you know, once you live in a situation and live with people, you automatically assume the best. Right. Right. It helps us sleep at night because yeah. we were able to do that. <laughs> right. Because if you thought your neighbors were all mass murderers or drug dealers, yeah. yeah, it would be pretty hard to sleep at night. Right. So that's the situation that she's in. Sounds like Carver has some baggage. He's got all kinds of issues. Well, he's got some health issues. Yes. Which we saw kind of take center stage this week. Yeah. But he has some look like unsolved mystery baggage with the... The three girls. With the three girls. The three girls. Oops. Right? Yeah. 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 And the reporter. Yeah. Who kind of soiled his name, I'm guessing. I, you know, I guess they definitely have had a, a very bad interaction in the past. He knew exactly who she was. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, you worked for that paper. It right. was, it I was, know who you are. How could I not know yeah. who you are? Yeah. Yeah. So... She probably gave him a bad a bad write up a time or two. Yeah, or that, that swayed him in the public eye or something. Yeah. Made him look like a real bad yeah. bad guy. So you know So he's jaded, right? Yes. He's coming from the opposite end. Ellie mm-hmm. is coming from the I trust everybody, I know these people, I love these people, mm-hmm. nothing bad ever happens. This is Grace Point. They're gonna have to finally meet in the middle, I'm guessing. Well, I I've wrote down a couple of things here. Where Ellie keeps telling off Carver. She, there's twice in this episode where she completely tells him off. And she's right in doing so. He deserves it. And then she apologizes to him, which she, as his, you know, he's her superior. So, right. you know, she need, does need to keep that boundary there. Carver keeps telling Ellie not to assume or trust others. And he's right about that. So both of them have a perspective that is valuable to the other person. And you're right. They're going to have to figure out a, a way to meet in the middle. And that's where they're going to find their strengths and, and be able to complement each other as a team. Right. Kind of like a marriage. Kind of like a marriage. But yeah, I mean, they have to go together like a horse and carriage at some point. right? It's like Benson and Stapler. Law and order SVU. Dude, you know, I don't watch law and order. <sighs> the show has been on for like 20 years. You had to have caught at least one episode. I might have caught a episode, but not uh, enough episodes to necessitate an entire knowledge of the characters' names. Donculus. <laughs> Your face is redonkulous. All right, what, what's going on with Carver? What, you inject Munch. yourself in, a, in the leg like that for, you know, like my son has an EpiPen. If he goes into anaphylactic shock, we inject the pen into his leg like that. Right. But, Which... I don't, that didn't look like an EpiPen. No, not at all. It's like a full-on syringe. Of some weird chemical. If, you, if you're if you diabetic, you don't inject yourself like that, do you? No. Because I mean, 
he, he no. started getting blurred vision and stuff. Yeah. So I thought, well, he, maybe he's having a, a diabetic attack. Yeah. But then the way he injected himself, I don't, you know, we've got medical pers- people, professionals who listen to this podcast. I would love for one of them to call in unless you've got an idea. No, even I don't. If you, even I if mean, you do. What, he would measure what blood sugar and then yeah, he, he might have some that. emergency yeah. insulin. He didn't do he that. He has to inject. This no. was like ka-chunk. Yeah, it was right, already right loaded the, into the yeah. syringe. Which is crazy. So, yeah. so what's going on? He could be a drug addict. And he's having a withdrawal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like re-upping. But it seems odd that he would jab it into his leg. Yeah, unless he doesn't want track marks to show. But he's wearing long sleeves and a coat yeah. most of the time. You would think as a, as a police officer, he would also be... Uh, yeah, peeing in a cup. On random drug testing. Yep, yep that's I right. I think so. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be an interesting tidbit. But I, at the end of the day, I don't know that this really matters a whole lot. Unless it's going to put him in a compromised situation because he's incapacitated for some reason when they when they need him the most. Well, you know, did you watch uh, the following any second season? Yes. Oh, second season. Uh, I produced a podcast on it for TV Talk, so I, I'm kind of up on it. Or the first season. The first, first season, season I definitely thing, watched, right? yeah. So you know when, just when they would need Kevin Bacon to oh, be yeah. physical, yeah. he'd be like, ah, oh, my heart, right. the bad guy can get away now right. so we can have another episode of the show. So it'll be that he'll could, have an episode when they yeah he he could have an episode so that we can we can have another episode right right yeah that's the only that 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 type of thing that plot device that it will become is really the only thing that I can see of value here mm-hmm. because I, I don't think it has anything to do with the actual murder now it could tie into the San Francisco maybe whatever is is this is was caused by whatever happened in San Francisco could be um. And then it would tie in on, on a multi-layered, but again, not to do with the murder. Right. But that's fine. I don't mind character development that has nothing to do with the murder because that makes the show more interesting and it makes us care about the characters more and gets us invested in these characters, thus the show, that much more. That's true. As long as it's these little pieces because it, it needs to focus on the murder and I think it's been a great balance so far. But I'm just wondering about it. So, Daryl, this is where I really struggle here in the podcast. Okay, because you know stuff and you don't want to reveal stuff. Right. right. Do I talk about that stuff? No. I can't, right? No, you can't. You so, have to play dumb. I have to play dumb. Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure because that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You're doing a good job. You've done this before. Uh, when was it? What was the other way around? When we, when we did Firefly, I played dumb and That's you, right. you guessed yeah. around. Yeah, same same type of deal here. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, one thing I thought was really strong mm-hmm. in the show, they did a fantastic job of the, like, the, like the mini hooks. Yes, they did. Didn't they? Yeah. So before the commercial breaks, we got the cocaine and money showing up. That was the first hook and then the first commercial. And, you know, and then Charlie looks back at the forest and goes, where are we? <laughs> Where are we? Yeah. Oh wait, wrong Something show. Like that. Wrong yeah. show, but I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. But same sentiment, right? Right. What's going on here? Right. Uh and then we got the Cocoa Pebbles Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs freak out. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Did not see that coming. Sort of. Uh you actually watched the episode this week before I did. I didn't get the chance to watch it I think until late Friday. Yeah. Late Friday night. Oh, and so you saw the notes. I saw uh you had at the time Beth's pregnant or you have yeah i see it down there yeah. too beth is pregnant yeah and i got my names mixed up and i thought chloe was beth i thought mm-hmm. that beth was the daughter's name and i'm like oh man her parents are gonna flip out 
That's right. And then when Beth, Beth yeah. says she's pregnant, I'm like, oh, that's right. The mom's name is Beth. So uh, <laughs> I, I was spoiled, but then not spoiled. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> How's that? And then we got the uh, dramatic music skateboard pan. We did. Right yes. before right before commercial. Yes. And then we got the psychic coming in saying, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Something about a boat. Yeah. And water. Boat and water. Boat and water. Who would have thought a boat and water might be tied into a murder in a, in a shore town? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we got Mark Flip completely losing his... Yeah. Losing his cool in the priest. Yeah, that was an interesting scene. Yeah. That was right into a commercial break. And then finally, the big cliffhanger. Yeah, the one that caused me to yell at my... I said TV, it's my Mac. Yes. I'm watching it on Hulu, yes. but yes. Where, you know, he asked... Carver asked him, who are you with? And he says, I don't remember. I can't remember. Did you eat food? Yeah, I think we... Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Where, well, where'd you go? I don't know. It's five days ago. Well, lots happened since then. So, yeah, my son uh, died. I don't know if you caught that or not. Bring, bring. Yeah. Oh, his fingerprints were at the cabin where his son died. And then the awesome, seriously, yes. the awesome pan around David Tennant to yes. get to Mark Solano. I just mixed actor and and character names. Yes. There. Sorry, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Emmett Carver. Yes, to Mark, Mark Solano. Solano. Boom. It and was, then wait a yeah. week. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, they did a great job hooking every single time. Yeah. yeah. So, why do you think his fingerprints were in the cabin, and where do you think he was? Oh wow, we're there now. Okay. So I, gosh, they gave us so much here, uh, and and again, I think some of the information is relevant, some of it is irrelevant, some of it uh, is related. And some of it is not related. So, for example, Mark's fingerprints are in the cabin. Danny's blood is in the cabin. Not related. Okay. I think they are not related. Okay. I think that Mark is having an affair. And that if he... Is, he's, he's, he's shown himself to be a pretty selfish, self-absorbed person. True. And... So, yes, he's sad that his son died, but he's trying to protect numero uno right now, which is himself. Okay. So, if he can keep skating by without having to pull his skeleton out of his closet, then he is going to do that. And he kept looking at Beth, kept looking at Beth. What what he was doing directly ties in to Beth. He's having an affair. Okay. Now... Perhaps Danny was aware of it. Perhaps Danny was following him. I, I don't know. that that So it could tie in that way. And, and it could tie in that, that maybe that's what Danny was trying to do, but then Danny came across something else or someone saw Danny or who knows why the blood was there. Okay. But I think that Mark was using the cabin as a rendezvous point to meet and probably hook up while there, or they could have met there and then drove to some other place. But that's okay. a pretty secluded place, so yeah. it seems like a place that you could engage in your extramarital relations and and then go back to your wife. So you think he's he's looking out for number one? Uh-huh. He's having an affair. Do you do you, who do you think he would be an affair with if if it is? If we know the person. If we know the, I hadn't even thought about this. Um, my, well, the, the, uh, 
newspaper editor is a lesbian and I believe she's a lesbian with the innkeeper because she invited her back for drinks. And that to me, that, that it could just be friends, but that's completely possible. Okay. Uh, I mean, you and I could go out for drinks and you could be gay and that doesn't mean I'm gay, but I thought that, (laughs) wait a minute, (laughs) (laughs) or I could be gay and that doesn't mean you're gay. We could put the other way around. Wait a minute. (laughs) But I kind of, I kind of thought that there might be something there between the two of them. Uh, if that's the case, then that removes both of them from okay. suspicion. Um, boy, not Ellie. I don't know. I don't know who it would be. I don't. I don't know that we. Let's. There's another. We'll look at the prime suspects list here. See if there are any other women. Not Susan Wright. She's not his type. I don't think. I don't think we know the other woman. I don't okay. think we do. I'll go. I'll go that road. Okay. So let me ask another question. Okay. I'm gonna ask two more questions. All right. You think it's a woman that's the killer? No, that he's with. So is he in a homosexual affair? Yes. I. You know what? Here's the, here's the honest truth, Clint. That thought had never occurred to me, but we did get some feedback from somebody who presented that as an option. Okay. And so when they presented it as an option, I thought, well, that's a possibility that I hadn't thought of. So no, had I not heard that feedback. You saying it just now would have been the first time it would have occurred to me. So okay. I, I'll, I'll just say no. I hadn't thought of that. So, you know, you mentioned him wanting to look out for number one. Yeah. Let's assume for a second okay. that your theory is correct. And I'm not saying it is. <laughs> okay. Couldn't it be that, you know, he feels bad about an affair if that's what happened? Uh-huh. And that he's not really looking out for himself. He's worried about his wife who just lost her son. And this would be like double devastation. Her whole world would fall apart. That, yes, that is absolutely uh, correct. But I think that if you if that was your primary concern, you would give yourself over to the police. You would give that information to the police and say, look, ma'am, this is a private issue between me and my wife. Here is my alibi. She does not need to know this information. You need to trust. You, you need to allow me to work this relationship out with my wife. And not you don't need to get involved in this. You just need to know my alibi. Right, but let me just say, if it's Ellie that he's having an affair with, right? Yeah. Now that it, now that compromises her. Yes, it does. I'm not saying that that's the case. Or if it's not Ellie, her and Beth are good friends, right? Right. Do you think Ellie's going to keep it a secret? No. Dang it. That's a good point. But I don't think, I don't know that Mark would take that. I don't think that Mark would say, I can't tell you because you'll tell Ellie and Ellie will tell Beth. Maybe, maybe he would. I just don't, I think it's still, he's looking out for number one and it's it's himself. And from what we've seen, I would agree that that is totally in line with, okay. With, with what we've seen. I mean, Beth herself said Mark wants what Mark wants. Right. He lashed out at the priest. The priest had done nothing wrong. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least not today. No, yeah. not not in this week's episode. Right. So he's trying to protect his wife. He's 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 out there having an affair and making sure that no one is getting close to his wife. He wants to have his cake and eat it too. That's right. He's serving himself, himself only. <laughs> okay, and I'm not saying that he's having an affair. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Uh, this is yeah, this is the th- and I don't know. I have right. no idea. This is the theory that I'm throwing out. Okay, okay. So speaking of the priest. Yes. What did you think of the back of the car scene with the priest? To me, it seems like 
they're both from this town. They probably went to high school together. There was some sort of relationship there. Maybe at some point he felt the call and broke the relationship off, but there's still that those feelings of maybe it was your first love. Maybe they even, it was their first time with anybody or, mm-hmm. or whom, whatever. Yeah. There is a previous relationship there. You think? I okay. do. Yeah. And I think that there's both, they both still have some feelings for each other. There, there's still a connection there. I'm not saying that they would leave their current situations and run off together. Maybe they would, but I do think that they they feel at least some sort of connection. They care for one another and that may be totally in a plutonium type of way. Plutonic. Plutonium. Plutonic. Plutonium. Plutonic. I know. Just, <laughs> um, but they do care for each other. And I, and I think that that's, that's it. So, and, and Mark knows whatever their past is, which right. is why he's, when he saw the priest saying, I care about this family and they're very much what he, what he heard was, I care about Beth very much. And he was like, Oh no, you don't suck up. Mm-mm. Boom. You know, and, yeah. and went and roughed him up. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What, yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's something I, I that's totally missed yeah. from this episode. So that was, a, that was a good read. Okay. Is it just me or does the, uh, does the priest remind you of Crispin Glover? <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Biff. I didn't have the car ready. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't have the sermon ready. Uh, it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what was your read on the priest? I have to say, compared to the priest, I can't do this. I can't talk about broad church. I feel I, okay, let, Yeah. Let, let me say. Okay. I don't really care for the character of the priest. He just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. i hope that that doesn't mean that he's the killer mm-hmm. i do too for all the same reasons i said last week the, the priest is such a I, trope i mean it seems like that's what they're setting up i really hope that that's not the case mm-hmm. i mean if they had a past relationship he could be danny's father and danny approached him and then they tried to break it off i don't know mm. and for the love of all that's holy, let's not make it the priest. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Especially because I have such a high opinion of Crispin Glover. It just, right. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be it'd be bad. What was what's your take on the on the reporter from San Francisco? She's as cold as ice. Yeah. She's willing to sacrifice his monkey. Anything, anyone. She is a worker. Yeah, she is conniving, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. Real, every conversation she had in this episode, from the very first one that we already talked about, where she meets Carver, and she's yeah. like, uh, maybe we could go out for a coffee and smooth it over. Every relationship she's had, she's having she is, is with an working angle. It. She's working it. She is working it, yeah. You know, the whole scene with the monkey. Yep. You know, we, I thought it was dirty that she stole the monkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, she kind of made a little bit of sense, but you could clearly see her motive there. It's oh, yeah. not, I'm I'm worried about you and I care about you. Right. It's, this is my angle to get into your family. Yep. And now you're They won't talk me. to me. Yeah. You don't know any better. But I just protected you from something, a false something that I created. Right. And now you trust me. That's right. And so. Oh, and by the way, I know what your phone number is now mm -hmm. because I've handled your phone. Yeah. Even though I'm just innocently putting my contact information in there. Yeah. Yeah. Bad news. Yep. She goes in there talking to Owen just so she can 
Irwin and, and get him to show her around town. She tells him how good of a reporter he is. She doesn't know how good of a reporter he is. She's telling him what he wants to hear. That's right. So that he'll feel comfortable and sh- and spill information to her. That's right. Hey, you want to show me the town? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Bad news. Yeah, she's she's the the, the big city journalist who's about to pull one over on the small town journalists. Yeah. The whole small town if 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 they're not careful. Yeah. Now, I don't think she's a suspect at all. I just think that she is going to be a wild card that they aren't prepared for. Okay. I now, can see that. Again, what her past connection is with Carver is incredibly interesting, but I still don't suspect her. She's still on my crossed off list. Okay. We'll see. Was she on my crossed off list? Yes. She's she's still on my crossed off list. Okay. My crossed off list didn't change. I didn't add any, didn't take any away. Me neither. Okay. Me neither. All right. Let me ask you about the scene. Let me ask you about the scene where Jack calls Carver and says, hey, I didn't think about this yesterday, but there was this weird backpacking guy. Yeah. Talking to him, and I didn't think anything about it at the time. I hope it wasn't the cause of his death. Yeah. Does that seem off to you? Well. Let me ask you, do you believe Jack's story? I don't know, man. Okay. I well, Okay. Here's the thing. At first, I believed Jack's story, but I believed it to be a complete red herring. He's trying to do anything he can to help the police, and it's a, it's a story he remembered, but it's completely irrelevant. Okay. The line that he said to Carver was, Danny had a good heart, and that's important. When he said that, I'm like, you know, you don't say that if you're the killer, unless you're a total sociopath, where you, you take the time to point out that Danny was a good kid. I think that he's really, he stayed up all night trying to think of anything he could because he cared about Danny. He cared about the kids. Okay. And I think I just answered my question. I'm getting to when I'm, when I'm you know, talking this through. And so I think that's it. I think but it's a complete red herring. What What caused me to doubt that is... He's then kind of lingering creepily around the playground. Mm, yeah. And I thought, that's that's like get into my van type of weird looks he's giving people. <laughs> but I think maybe that ties back in. He cares about the children, and now he feels like he needs to be a protector. He needs to be more watchful and more close to them than he was with Danny. Maybe had he been closer to that situation, he would have been able to provide more information that's relevant. So maybe that's it. Maybe he feels that he it's his responsibility yeah. to to be keep a closer eye on the children of the community because he has relationships with a lot of the children, not just Danny. It, that's true. And you know, it's almost like a he feels guilty for what happened to Danny, right. but not in a I killed Danny sort mm-hmm. of way, like I couldn't prevent, I couldn't right. save Danny sort That's of way. That's right. Yeah. So I'm not willing to sense. cross okay. him off my list yet. Yeah. Interestingly, Jack still has zero votes in our prime suspect. Really? Poll, so he's not really getting a lot of attention okay. in, in terms of, of suspicion. So uh, I feel good about my thoughts on that. Do you have any differing thoughts? No. I mean, the only thing I would say is that, you know, the comment about the heart Mm-hmm. Is if he had accidentally killed Danny mm-hmm. and really was feeling guilty about it and overcome with guilt, he doesn't want to admit mm-hmm. that he is that he was the killer, mm-hmm. but also he's letting Carver know, hey, you know, if you find out that it was me, because you're going to sometime, right? 
It was an accident. It was, was an accident. Kid. He was a good kid. Yeah. He had a great heart. That's yeah. what matters. Right. And uh, you know what? That that could be a possibility. Um, that segues us nicely, I think, into phone communications guy who's also a psychic, apparently. Psycho. And says that there was water involved. We talked about that that part of it already. I mean, really? I mean, is this, do we give any credence to this guy at all? Hmm. Is he... Is he is he really like what Emmett says, and he's just somebody who's trying to to a leech. leech onto this situation, or because then he said the thing about the necklace about the girls, yeah, and but again, maybe he if he's a creepo troll, internet troll, then maybe he picked up on an article or a piece of information somewhere. Could be, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what to do either on that. I, I tend not to believe him. I think I would like for it not to be true because that's more of a spiritual and mystical element right? and not a tangible element right. or clue. Right. And so I think I would, I would personally prefer the, the evidence to be contained within tangible physical clues and observations, not something that's mystical and intangible. Right. But I mean, you've seen the show psych. Yes. Right. Sure. So, you know, you saw him over there looking at the picture, thumbing through the records. Yep. He even kind of put his hand on it at one point. Yeah. Which, like, maybe he was reading it. Like he's reading it. That was the thing I caught on my second watch. But, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, how how diviners work. Mm -hmm. You know, they take things. They look for visual clues, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they take things and make some logical assumptions. And move forward from there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Daryl, knowing you, knowing your age, looking at the way you're dressed, looking at your wedding ring, it's a fair assumption that you are married and have children. And just guessing by your age, I'm going to say that your kids are not out of the house mm-hmm. and you don't have little kids. So I can say, you know, Daryl, you're having trouble with one of your kids. Mm-hmm right now and they're misbehaving and right right just make up something just based on that he's doing the same thing right right he saw the boy he saw the boy's name they're in a sea town he saw that he was found on a cliff Mm -hmm. oh there's water there's water or a boat okay you know and he overheard the conversation about you know the cliff right Right. how did he get from one cliff to another so even if it turns out to be correct, if you're paying attention, it's not that it's not, not that big of a stretch. It's not that big of a stretch, yep. right? Yep. So, yeah. So I I don't put much credence into him, nor do I really think he's a suspect. Okay. I think he's just a, a guy. Who, I th- maybe he's a loner and he likes any little bit of attention he can get. Could be. He got a, he got an interview with the police. Not many people can say that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yep. But the necklace comment does. Again, he could have de- gathered that information in any number of ways, just like you, you said. But it is definitely something worth tucking away and keeping uh, it is. in, in the pile of clues. Uh, let's see. You know, the CSI really bungled the crime scene. <laughs> the fact that they walked all over and didn't first search for footprints. Uh-huh. You know, but again, like you said, with the dog walk, it may not have been that, that easy, but they could at least... Use the video camera footage to see who walked the dog that morning mm-hmm. or the next day. 
you know, at least get some elimination footprints. Yep. So in the examination of the security footage, the cameras go out. This we heard it last week too. There was this power, power outage. outage, right? Is that nothing more than a convenience for the killer? Hey, all these security cameras and power went out. Or is that a clue? Who would have the ability to knock out the power so that they could pull off a crime? Or or was there another crime that was committed? Was the was the power taken out purposefully, or was it just? a happenstance that helped out hmm. the, the criminal in this situation? It's a great question. I would say at this point, we don't know anybody that could have, we don't know anybody that works for the power authority. Nope. We don't know anybody that um, has access. You no, know, it could be that the power grid is built into the newspaper building in the back of the building or it could be that it's in the, you know, the bed and breakfast or something like that. We'll find that out later. But at this point, we don't know. Well, yeah, and there's not been any any indication that, oh, you know, so-and-so hit the transformer down there or, you know, where I mean, where there right. was... Right, there was some, like, it was a just, drunk driver hit the transformer right. or something like just that. just the right? power went out and right. it hasn't been explained in any other way right. than we would have to expect or suspect that somebody had access to something to take it out. And we right. don't, you're right, we don't have a person to, that fits that description That's quite right. yet. That is right. Okay. Let's see a couple other things. I thought the scene w- was great, where uh, you know <laughs> they're sitting there having burritos with beans, <laughs> and it's it's the Carver fatalist, yes, versus you know Ellie. I can say optimist, but it's really she's naive, right? Naivete is more of it, yeah, right. And so you know that he's talking about anyone being capable of murder. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, well, no, people have a moral compass. They know right from wrong. And he says, moral compasses break. And I yeah. thought, you know, that's that was just a great, that's great a scene, line. great interaction. Yeah. yeah. So I loved watching him pick the beans out of his burrito, too. <laughs> this, that was the subtlety <laughs> yeah. of that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Yeah. Really funny. All right. Uh, let's talk strength of acting. Here we are two weeks in. Yeah. Who do you think is doing a great job? Who are you not thrilled with? To be quite honest with you, I, I I'm liking everything in in this episode. I thought the acting was superb. In last week's episode, I felt like the person that was in the van when Beth is is you know running because there's a traffic jam and she says, "What's going on? Uh, something happened at the beach." Whoever delivered that something happened at the beach line, I thought was awkward. I thought a little bit of Mark's scenes were awkward when, like, when he meets Danny at the at the when he sees his body. Right, that did seemed a little bit odd. Um, but in this episode, I thought everything was great. Um, I, I'm David Tennant's accent. I mentioned in last week's episode that there, when he was shouting, I could hear the Scottish coming through a little bit. Yeah, this week there was none of that for me. Okay. Um, I think Beth is the actress that's playing Beth Solano is, is really killing it with hers. Um, even Mark, I thought did it, did a good job this week. So for me, the acting has been, been fantastic. There's nothing really that those two things that I mentioned on last week's episode were relatively minor. The one line is from a, and we didn't even get to that actor actress's face. I mean, that's just a right. So you can throw that away. So for me, I'm really enjoying it. What, what about you? What's your take? Um, well, w- before I go into my take, um, we got some feedback on this. Um, this comes in from Charlie. Charlie in Louisiana says the second episode was much better than the first showing of the skateboard was key. Still not sure 
of using Skyler from Breaking Bad as a lead actress. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, Charlie, hey, you know, next time you're in town, I won't be able to take you to barbecue now. But other than that, uh, I have no comment. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, of course. I haven't had that impression with her. I've, I've thought Anna Gunn's acting has been fantastic. So let me ask you this. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. The whole show? Yes. Okay. So... You know, I talked with my wife about this, who watched Grace Point mm-hmm. with me and, and obviously watched Breaking Bad with me. And what she said was that she is playing the same type of character that she played in Breaking Bad. She's playing with the same kind of feistiness and intensity that she had in the later seasons of Breaking Bad mm-hmm. rather than the woe is me, I'm a victim of my circumstances, Skylar, we saw in the first couple of seasons of Breaking Bad. So... Here's what I'm not sure of, Daryl. Okay. I'm not sure if if my wife and others, including myself, are projecting that because we saw the strength of her character mm-hmm. in you know in Breaking Bad in the later seasons, and so that's kind of in our minds that's who she is, mm-hmm. and that we're having a hard time picturing her in a different type of role, or if that's actually her, you know, where she's, you know, she she looks feisty and she looks angry in some of these shots, or she's supposed to be maybe a little more subtle and meek. Yeah, I, I'm getting more of the subtle and meek read on it. Yeah, she's she's feisty. We see her being feisty with Emmett quite a bit too, but I, and it could be because even though I saw Breaking Bad, yeah. I, I binged watched the whole thing over about a three-week period, two-week period, something like okay. that. So I didn't have a four or five year observational discussion, you know, all that sort of thing like you would have Mm -hmm. to me, it was just boom, 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 boom. So I I think that that gives me the ability to see it through a different lens than than you guys for, for good or bad. I don't know, but I, I, yeah, there's some similarities because these women uh, are also being called upon in in similar ways to some extent, you know? And so, and having said that, I mean, actors are actors and, you know, it's, you, you watch these people, I'll, there's people that I love on Lost, for example, you see them on another show and it's almost like you can't not de- hear that, that character from Lost right. in yeah. what they're doing. Right. And it's just because that's the, that's the way that they speak. That's the cadence to their voice right. that, you know, that, that's, that is that. And if that was your first encounter with that person, which it was with, with Anna Gunn for a lot of people, not everybody. Uh, I think we have a feedback actually that talks about her being in, in Seinfeld at, at one point, or maybe that was somewhere else I read that. But if that's your first knowledge of that actor, then that is likely going to be the strongest impression that they have made on you. And now you're projecting that character onto other characters that that actor is playing because that original character and that actor are almost inseparable okay does that make sense i think so yeah and so that, that's what i was wondering if we're just projecting yeah you know the the actress and and, and i don't know her name um in Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. she did it she had a softness and a meekness about about her where she was trying to be stronger than maybe she was capable of because she's put in this difficult circumstance mm-hmm. and i you know, maybe because we've seen Anna Gunn in, you know, acting in much more extenuating circumstances, it's hard for us to picture her with that naivete mm-hmm. because we know what she's capable of as an actress mm-hmm. versus what her character is capable of. So it, 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 
it may just be some projection on yeah. our part. So, um, and then the the second comment we got from Rose, she says, "I like Broad Church's Maggie, Ollie, Jack, and Paul and Nigel, where I don't like or am indifferent on Grace Points, Kathy, Owen, Jack, Paul, and Vince." Yeah, which is pretty strong, but yeah, and I can't speak to that since I've only seen the one episode sure. of Broad Church. You know, I, I, my thought is okay. First of all, Vince, we haven't seen him. Well, he was in. I, I my first watch to the episode this week. I didn't see him. Second watch, I did. He was in the church. He didn't have a line. Right. No, but, but he was in the church. We we haven't. When I say see him, we haven't seen him act. Right. We don't Not know. Really. We he don't was, know who his character is. He had really. two lines, two lines in, in, the, in the first. In the yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Kathy is a little bit different character. Um, Owen and Ollie are pretty much the same character. Jack is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Paul, you know, is the priest. I don't really like the priest in yeah. the show. Did you have the same feeling about the Broad Church priest? No, I didn't. Okay. But again, it may be some familiarity because it was played by right. the actor that played Rory in Doctor Who, right? right. So, that's right. Um, I think that we just need to give it a couple more episodes. I completely agree. I think I think if we get to the end of the season and we're like, nope, still don't like that mm-hmm. person, okay, then we've earned the right to say that because we've seen them in as many episodes. Right. Yes. Yes. I don't think I can say that right now. Right. That Other than sense. the priest, which I can't stand. No, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I loved the episode, man. It was a good episode. It was really strong. Yes. Lots of twists and turns. Man, yes. if they can keep that pacing up for the remainder of the 10 episodes, or I guess eight now, eight yeah. episodes left, yeah. it's going to be a fantastic ride. Yeah. And the second watch, I've said this before, was so valuable to me. My, I, I rearranged my Prime Suspects poll after the first watch. And after the second watch, I mean, I just re, it was, it, I made a whole lot more changes after the second watch. So well done. I can't wait to see how the rest of the episodes go. So speaking of uh, Prime Suspects, we got some feedback. You want to play that or you want to talk about the Twitter thing? Let's do the Twitter thing first. We only, I think we have three responses this week. We'd love to hear your responses on our GP Twit question each week. This week's question was Where was Mark? The night of the murder. <laughs> nice uh, deep radio voice you, you pulled in there. Why, thank you, Daryl. You're welcome. All right, we have a few responses. We heard from Solo Talk Media, which is Mark. He says, Mark was smuggling drugs with Dean. Danny saw them, and Dean killed him. Mark Ooh. doesn't know Dean is the murderer. Dean the murder mm-hmm. yoga bond which is bonita she says mark was doing a drug deal whoa yeah and wayne henderson says i think mark was with that reporter from san francisco i think she's involved Ooh. yeah interesting yeah uh jenkins 100 rose this is probably the rose yeah. we have heard from she says where was mark a tryst, likely stealing copper, perhaps poker and hiding addiction, or killing Danny. Mm. All kinds of options there. I think I've said where I think he was. He was having an affair in the in the cabin. Yeah, and I can't vote. Okay, because you're afraid it might be too close to what what it was in Broad. Church. I'm afraid that I might already know. Okay, where he was. Fair but, enough. But I would say. But if it falls broad church, at least one of those uh, mentioned might be close correct. to the possibility. Okay. All right. Okay. 
Well, let's talk prime suspect. All right. Uh, we got some audio feedback from a couple of folks this week. Let's hear from Corey first. Hey guys, Corey here with feedback on Grace Point episode two. So I'm pretty sure I can rule out Mark Solano. All of this mystery they were building this week was a little too obvious. He's probably having an affair. Although I think he would have said something if it were that simple. My bet is that he's probably a closeted homosexual and quite possibly Danny knew about it. I mean, that would explain his presence at the hut that night. Maybe he wanted to confront his father, but then later lost his nerve. I'm actually shifting my suspicion to Dean Iverson, Chloe's boyfriend. He only had the briefest of scenes this week, but the guy gave me a bit of a creepy vibe when all he seemed interested in was his own safety. And then the way he asked Chloe if she wanted to come back to his place, I mean, it seemed a little inappropriate that uh, you know her brother has just been murdered and quite frankly, it seemed like he was trying to get laid. Uh, so Grace Point has really grabbed me. I love a good murder mystery. And of course, it's really good to have you guys back together on a podcast. Cheers, guys. Yeah, good Cheers. feedback. Yeah. So, so it's good feedback. Yeah. So, so he thinks that Mark is a closeted homosexual. Right. Which would explain why he was um, really yeah. overly protective about revealing where he was. Yeah. I, I still think it's probably just a regular affair, but either way, I think I th- Corey and I will agree on on there's an affair happening. Okay. Uh, I, although I will say that if it is a homosexual affair, then I could see a couple of, like where I eliminated all the girls earlier and said, nah, it's got to be someone we don't know. I don't know that I could do that with all the guys at this point. Right. So could be. What do you think about the rest of his feedback? I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his comment that Dean was kind of, Creep being he's being a creeper. Yep, I agree. I completely agree. I think he is definitely being a being a little creeper. He's in it for numero uno, watching his own back, and then trying to get in Chloe's pants mm-hmm. right after her brother died. Right after her brother died, inappropriate. Yeah, and she's fifteen. Which yeah, he he looks a little older than fifteen to me. Yeah, he does. So, which I mean. This isn't she this was isn't new to the, fifteen years old. <laughs> this isn't new to the world stuff here, but worst. Still. that was the worst. What was that supposed to be from? Have you ever seen the movie The Trip? No, I don't know if you know this about me. You can watch that many movies. Yes, oh, you do know that. Yes, yes I so. do. I'll give you the fifteen second version. It's these two guys, uh-huh. Steve Coogan and uh, oh, I forget the other guy's name. Really funny. Anyways, they go on this trip where he's he's a, a restaurant reviewer mm-hmm. throughout the uk and they drive and they get in this battle of trying to sound like michael kane and they try and one-up each other like <laughs> over and over he's like no that's not right you know and they they're doing i don't know what to do with you bruce <laughs> you know when he played <laughs> yes. when he played alfred you yes. know it's like that's old michael kane here's young michael kane she was only 15 years old i can't do michael kane as you can probably tell right now, I never would have gotten but, Michael Caine. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a I'm not a good Michael Caine impersonator. No, but not. anyways, yeah. when you said 15, that's what it reminded me of. Okay, all right. You have to get on on YouTube and look up that scene. Maybe I will. All right, thank you, Corey. Uh, let's hear what Mark has to say. Now, after watching two episodes, I have developed a theory. I still like last week. I still believe that it's Dean Iverson who is the killer, and. Here's my theory on why. Okay, we know that things are pretty bleak in Grace Point. 
businesses are closing, tourism is down, and it's not just because of Danny's killing. So people need to find a ways to make ends meet. We know that Dean supplied the cocaine to Chloe that was found in her room. So I believe that Dean and Mark and possibly some others are trafficking cocaine. The cut in the fence that we saw at the beginning of episode one that Emmett was uh, investigating, I think that is where they're bringing the drugs ashore. I think that Mark was waiting for Dean in the lookout parking lot when he was caught on camera and it's just the, the power shut off before Dean arrived. We know that from this episode that Dean drives a motorcycle, so maybe he was just there to park it in the parking lot and get in with Mark so they can go about their business. Now, I think Danny suspected his father was up to something, possibly with Dean, possibly not, but he suspected his father as we saw in his computer journal. I think Danny found Mark's stash of money and hid it under the bed. So the money that they found was actually Mark's, which is why Mark didn't have the money to pay his advertising bill on time and therefore was late in his payment that we saw in at the beginning of last episode. Now, that also makes me wonder if Kathy, the newspaper editor, may be involved with the drug smuggling thing and that that was actually not a advertising payment, but was actually a drug-related payment. So I think Danny went to the lookout, saw Dean's motorcycle parked there, and decided to wait. The opening scene from the pilot that we saw with Danny standing on the edge of the cliff, he was actually looking down and saw a boat with his dad and Dean in it that they were using to traffic the drugs. Once the job was over, Mark returned to the parking lot, dropped Dean off with his motorcycle, and then Mark left to go home. I think Dean spotted Danny at this point. At the, uh, Danny must have been hiding at the near the cabin, and Dean confronted him. When Danny revealed that he knew what they were up to and that he actually saw them in the boat, Dean panics and kills him. And then I think Dean moves the body to make it look like a suicide. And Mark doesn't know that Dean is the killer. So we know that Danny was killed at the lookout cabin. Uh, Garcia, the CSI, said that the only footprints they found at the cabin were kids, his CSIs, and dog walkers, which leads me to believe that Susan, the dog walker, who is also the woman who takes care of the cabin, must have seen the discarded skateboard there while she was walking her dog and just picked it up. And that's all there is to it. Now, I think that Danny and his friend Tom could have possibly been investigating this together, or at least Danny was talking to Tom about it. And maybe it's possible that Joe Miller, Tom's father, is also involved with the cocaine smuggling. But I think that that's why Tom deleted his phone message and erased his hard drive, not because he was involved, but because he was scared that their investigation led to Danny's death and that he was afraid he would be next. And there's a small possibility that we saw Joe questioning his son Tom at the park there and wanting to know if he knew anything. I'm just wondering if that's not necessarily just out of fatherly love towards his son, but actually wants to know how much Tom knows and if if he knows what his father might be involved in. So that's my crackpot theory this week. Who knows, after episode three, it could be totally out the door, but I wanted to get it down. So anyways, thanks a lot, guys. I'm loving the show, loving the podcast, and can't wait till next week. Mark out. All right. I have there's one flaw in Mark's theory. Okay. Although it's a well thought out theory. I have yeah, to give him that. It's amazingly th- well thought out. So if Mark and Dean, uh-huh. Mark Solano and Dean are in cahoots, mm-hmm. there is no way that Mark is going to let Dean, a cocaine dealer, I don't care who you are, if if you're in the drug trade, you're not going to let your 15-year-old daughter date a cocaine dealer. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. You so know, yeah. I'm putting the implausible stamp on that. Yeah. I, and if they're working together, then he probably knows Dean's whereabouts most of the time. Right. So he would have figured it out. Yeah. 
I don't have the theory, Mark. In fact, I sent Mark a tweet back and said, I don't have to watch the rest of the show now. I think you just figured it out. And and it's it's an incredibly well thought out theory. I still think that Mark's issue is different from the drug stuff. I think that I think that maybe what happened was that Danny showed up at the cabin, looked inside the window, saw his dad with another woman, and as he tried to get away or he cut him, he cut himself on the windowsill or a nail or something like that. That's how the blood got on the porch and that's how the blood was dripping from the finger that we saw in the pilot episode. Okay. And those aren't related to his murder at all. But I do like the idea that Dean is involved with the drug dealing and Danny stumbled across something and, uh, Danny hit him, or excuse me, Dean hit Danny and killed him. We saw the wound this week through the photograph right? Uh, that was on Danny's face. It was a pretty big wound, forehead and, and nose. So I'm thinking boat oar. Okay. I, I would I, I would say that's plausible. Definitely plausible. Maybe he's running away and mm-hmm. somebody tried to stop him. Hey, yep. stop. And, you know, they were taking swats at him and mm-hmm. accidentally hit him in the head and Maybe killed him accidentally. Right. And then they dumped his body. And then they're like, oh, crap. Yep. And then made it look like a suicide. So I think that's plausible. Mm-hmm. So that gets us right into what we think are the prime suspects this week. Last week, as we mentioned, Susan Wright was my number one. She's already down to number six this week. And Dean Iverson is my number one. He was my number two last week, I believe. Let me pull up so last he, week's. He moved up in the polls. He is... Moving on up. Can you put it up here? Because my computer's did. Did pull up my iPad. So last week, I had Dean Iverson at number two. This week, he has moved up to number one. As as uh, as I thought. So there you go. What about you? Uh, my list is exactly the same. So I didn't see anything this week that changed my list so at all. So you didn't change anything in your list. Nothing. Oh man. Okay. Nothing changed in my list. Okay. Um. You know, one thing, Daryl, I have to ask this. Vince moved up from number three to number two. Mm-hmm. And like in football, that'd be like jumping after a bye week because he wasn't really in the episode. So is it just because another team ahead of him lost that he got bumped up in the polls here? You, taking the football analogy further yeah. up. How did Vince end up at number two? Because he's getting this is my this is my iocane powder logic okay being exercised to its fullest here. He barely got shown, and when he was shown, it was with Susan Wright in the in the shot. They were not side by side; they weren't sitting together. They were both at the church, and she was obviously being being given a lot of suspicion in this episode. So I felt like they were trying to show him in a shot where he wouldn't necessarily be mm. being given the attention. Okay. And I thought, I'm going to play the flip side of that. I'm, I'm, I'm really going with if they show us something obvious, uh-huh. you, are being, you are being penalized for that. And so he got rewarded for being shown in a shot with somebody who was obvious this week. So let me ask another question. <laughs> All right. You also had... It's a very interesting theory, by the way. Okay. <laughs> so you have Gemma Fisher at number six last week. Uh-huh. She's up to number three this week. She is. How did she get there? Okay. There was a line that she said when she's being interviewed in with with the two detectives. There's a line that she has. Let me let me pull it up. 
When Jenna was asked if Danny had anything to do with the cocaine, she said, and it wasn't clear because she said it so fast and she's got the accent. She either said, no, it's got nothing to do with that, or no, he's got nothing to do with that. And she had this little weird smirk on her face. So if she said, no, he's got nothing to do with that, fine. He's got nothing to do with the cocaine. Okay. But if she said, no, it's got nothing to do with that, then it's like, what does the it's mean? The, 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 the drug thing has nothing to do with the murder or the murder has nothing to do with the drug thing. How do you know about the murder? How do you know it? They're not, they're not related. Even then she's, she's implying very straight up that these two are not related. And I don't think right. you say it that passionately unless maybe you have some insider information. Maybe passionately is not the best word, but you know that dogmatically. Mm, I, I don't know. I could be overthinking it again, but I'm looking for every little clue here and trying to play on the small clues. Uh, well, all right. Let's say that your neighbor dies okay. and gets murdered and somebody shows up at your house mm-hmm. and the light on your porch is burnt out and come to find out it's it burned out the exact night that the person got murdered. Mm-hmm. And the cop said, huh, I noticed that your light is burned out. Did you burn it out purposely so that you couldn't see the killer? Mm-hmm. What would you say to the cop? I say, no, it's got nothing to do with that. Right. <laughs> Because they're completely unrelated. You know that the fact that your light just happened to burn out on that night mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the fact that your neighbor was murdered. But it's also not a a felony for my light to burn out. Okay. Both of the we're talking about two felony level crimes here. Okay. So and, let's and, say that let's say that instead of your neighbor getting murdered, right, that you had somebody come over and deliver cocaine to your house. Mm-hmm. And the cop says, Hey, I noticed somebody delivering cocaine to your house on the night of the murder. What would you say? I would say it's got nothing to do with that. Okay, exactly. Because you know the fact that you wanted some cocaine. Mm -hmm. You like where I'm going with this? I'm playing that you use cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) That you wanted some cocaine. Sure, sure, sure. Had nothing to do with the murder. Right. Yes, it's a felony, but no, it's not murder. You're making a a fantastic point. I I can't argue against it at this point i'm Except just saying i read into that okay what i wanted maybe maybe what i wanted to okay but I, that's how you asked me how i got to that conclusion or how right. she made the the jump in the poll and that's that's it all right and then i had let's go back to your last week's poll here i'm just asking about why they switched mm-hmm. so last week you had hugo garcia at number four yep this week still a number four yep did you just not get that far in the poll as far as making the switch because you said oh okay now, uh, there's no suspicion because the cliff that we saw was obviously right. But at the same time, he muffed up the crime scene exactly what you said. Mm, okay. And so I feel like he he's got the advantage here where he's in control of these crime scenes. And so I still feel like there's reason to suspect him. Okay. Well, and Susan Wright took a big drop. She did for uh, the reasons I've stated, yeah. Right. And then Jack, looks like Jack moved up a little bit. Not much. Not much. I think that was just because I felt like there were people that we could, like I'm Raymond Conley, he's the psychic psychic guy. I'm pushing him down. So that was more of a a case of pushing people down Mm -hmm. than than pushing him up. And so Tom Miller moved from 7 to 10 in Mm -hmm. your poll. Yeah. I just don't think he did it. I, I don't know what he's involved in. He's involved with something. Obviously, he's trying to hide something. But right. I just, I don't think he did it. So, you know, one of the comments that was made is was the size six sneakers. Uh-huh. And I thought, 
you know, I thought about moving Tom. I, I still think my my rating is correct mm-hmm. here, but the fact that they only found size six sneakers, I was the only thing of note. Mm-hmm. Probably Danny's, but also Tom and Danny were probably about the same size. Yeah, that's a great point you pick up on. I didn't think about there being another size six in the in the mix here. Yeah. That's a good point. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be interesting. So just a recap of mine from last week: Kathy Eaton. Mm-hmm. It's still my number one. I have nothing to go on there, right? Just your gut, huh? I've, Just a burrito with beans. I mean, right now she's so beyond suspicion. <laughs> Everyone else, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's the guys that sprint in the first, you know, twenty minutes of the marathon. You know, those guys aren't going to win because they're using all their energy, right? Right. So all these people are getting suspicioned on suspicioned <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning. Right, they're not the ones that are going to end up being the murderer. It's these people that have dialogue, they've got mm-hmm. lots of lines, but mm-hmm. yet no suspicion is coming. Right, and so I think she still fits that. Okay, um, Dean Iverson, I think for all the reasons that everyone has talked about, mm-hmm. still pretty high on my list. Tom Miller, probably too much suspicion cast for him to be the killer. So I was thinking about dropping him, but then the size six sneaker thing came up. And okay. So I thought, oh, I got I to gotta leave him up there. Mm-hmm. Mark Solano, again, kind of fishy. Yeah. I think what we have here is is clearly, and I said this on our Facebook group earlier in the week, we have a town that is postcard. It's, a, it's, your, it's your picturesque postcard town. Small town, yeah. And what we are finding is that there are a... A house. Every house has got a skeleton in their closet, and right. through this investigation, a lot of those skeletons are going to come out. And some of those, almost all of those skeletons, are going to have nothing to do with this murder, but are going to help us or draw suspicion from us to those skeletons along the way. Right. And then, in, in in some case, in one case, then the skeleton is going to have something to do with the murder. But there is a whole lot of stuff being thrown out right now that has nothing to do with the murder. It's true. So, uh, on our poll, Daryl, yeah, we still have Tom Miller at the top. Yeah, and of course, all the votes that were cast last week are still there. Those didn't go anywhere. This is a, a cumulative poll. So, uh, Tom got se- he has seven votes right now with the lead. Right. Mark and Dean Iverson are tied. So, Mark took second place last week. Mm-hmm. Dean jumped from number seven to number three. Yeah, Dean is definitely... I mean, he moved up in my poll. He's been number two in your poll. Right. He was two for me last week, so it's not like he jumped up a whole lot. But um, he's numero uno now. Yeah, he's definitely um, yep. coming along the back stretch there. Susan Wright got bumped. Uh huh. Um, and then we've got Vince, Paul, Kathy, and Jimma mm-hmm. all getting two votes, and then a bunch of one one voters. The only people that do not have votes currently: Renee Clemens. She's the San Francisco journalist. That's correct. Uh, Jack Reinhold. Jack Reinhold. My name is Jack Reinhold. <laughs> I like wildlife and boys. <laughs> but not in that order. Uh, 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 and then we've got uh, Bassolano, uh-huh. who I think is probably above suspicion. Probably. At this point. And then Emmett Carver, who is also probably above suspicion. Which means that Ellie does have a vote. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. does. So... Uh, I can't wait for next week. And uh, thanks to everybody who sent in feedback and, and responded to the Twitter question this week. It makes it so much fun to hear what you guys are thinking, too. If you want to participate in our podcast, uh, we invite you to follow us on Twitter at 
Grace Point GSM. That's where we will tweet out our GP Twit question of the week, and we invite you to respond using the hashtag GP Twit so we can include it in the podcast like we did today. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Grace Point Revealed. Yes. For feedback, you want to go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback, and then there's a drop-down menu. Uh, you can provide text-based feedback on the web form there. Just select Grace Point Revealed as the show. You're providing feedback too, and that will get sent to me. You can also send voice feedback at the wildlife pipe there on the right-hand side. Um, just click on that. You'll hear the whale sounds in the background and uh, just talk over the whales. As rude as it is, you just have to kind of talk <laughs> over the whales That's uh, nice. and leave your feedback. So, um, And if you uh, hear the seagulls of death, just refresh the page until you get a different, <laughs> different animal. So. Nice. All right. And of course, the deadline for sending in feedback is noon on Sundays. We record Sunday evenings and we want to make sure you have your feedback in on time so we can include it in the podcast. We would love for you to also head over to iTunes at uh, at goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes. There you can leave us a rating or review for this podcast or any other Golden Spiral Media podcast. We've added a new podcast, Clint, since last week. Although I might have mentioned it on this podcast last week. Yes. The Walking Dead Talk Through. Oh. And of course, the season premiere of The Walking Dead was last night. So check it out. The Walking Dead Talk Through. A whole lot of other great podcasts as well. I may have to listen to that one. I mean, there's so many on GSM. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't watch all the shows and listen to all of them because right. there's just too many. But, too many. but I gotta, I gotta pick my battles, and that may be one of them I pick. Nice. Well, thanks for choosing this podcast as one of the battles you've picked. That's and right. Until next time, you might want to find a new hiding spot for that wad of cash under the bed. Everyone's got a moral compass, but moral compasses break.